Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us. All together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Why this Friday. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Streaming only on Hulu. Friday. All right, I don't know how the Warriors won that game, but they won the game. Brian and I are joined by Demone Carter, who uh, we, Demone and I know a bunch of people um, mm-hmm. were connected, but I've never chatted with you before outside of our of our Facebook group. So welcome to the death yeah. lineup. Very happy to have you on here. Good and guys, here. guys, it's just, that was one of the poorest playoff performances I've ever seen the Warriors have in a victory. They've had some bad losses before in the playoffs, Mm. but in a victory now that, you know, they would do this sometimes against a team like Portland where you're like, okay, Portland, you know, maybe we'll give them one here, but Memphis is so tough. And to have this opportunity to go ahead of them, missing their best player, Mm. it almost, it almost seemed like the Warriors were taking that for granted. So, but let's get into it. Let's talk about this game. Um, the first point that I that I want to chit chat about is obviously this is this is important because there's a, a health perspective to it. Just Steve Kerr about uh, two hours before the game started was uh, I guess he, I, I don't know when he tested positive, but he tested positive for, for COVID nineteen, so he's missing today, and I believe he's missing the next game as well. Right. Mm. Mm. Did you, did did you hear about that, Bryce? I haven't heard about it. I did. I did not. I would assume though, but I mean, you know, this this brings up implications of like, okay, how close was he? How close was he to the players? Because right, he's a coach. He's on the bench. You know, you don't like. Can anyone? That, that's why this was a must win, right? Because you don't oh, know wow. who's going to be available in game wow. five. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that he got it in the locker room or he spread it in the locker. He could have got it in another place as well. Sort of, they'll figure out the contact, the contact tracing piece of that. But from the perspective of now, you both have played sports before. Sometimes the coaching from the perspective of inspiration, you know, sometimes people will roll their eyes at that stuff, right? But I think what Steve Kerr brings to the Warriors just from a leadership perspective is every scenario that the Warriors have been in from the playoffs, he has been in that scenario as, as a player as well, mm. playing next to the greatest player in, in basketball history, right? So that's part of it where it's, if it's like, okay, we're up 2-1, they just lost their best player, we cannot let our foot off the gas, right? It's easy to let your foot off the gas. You're kind of going into this game a, a little bit like, 
you know, is this going to be as tough of a game as if Ja would have played? Well, no, but it doesn't mean that you come out as, as slow. And I thought nothing against Mike Brown because, you know, he couldn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He couldn't have, have fixed anything. But I wonder if with, with Kerr, if they start as slow and sluggish a, as they did. Um, but that's, that's kind of my first thing. Uh, Bri will go to you and then Damone will bring you in. Do you think any of the the poor play had to do with curbing out? Uh, I feel like we should give a little shout out though to Mike Brown, the new Sacramento <laughs> Kings head coach. Yes, yes uh, Brown. the Sacramento Kings, the rehabilitation center or something for the Warriors <laughs> assistant coaches to try to make their name as a Luke coach. Walton, Luke maybe. Walton, Alvin Gentry. <laughs> <laughs> now we got Mike Brown, but um, you know that that's definitely a fair argument. Uh, I just wanted to chalk this one up to like people being out of rhythm, mm-hmm. um. Memphis defense, I think, even though, like, I th- Memphis defense was making them uncomfortable. Yeah. Even though Steph was, like, second-guessing wide-open shots, I think it was maybe because he thought someone with these lengthy, almost seven-foot arms were going to be kind of close to bothering the shot. Um, and, I mean, I know we'll get to it, but you could see that, um, you know, not having Dylan Brooks in games two and three defensively, <laughs> you know, defensively, it does help the Grizzlies having there defensively, but everything he does offensively, just completely, I would, if I was the Grizzlies, I would want him not on the floor. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, we're we are going to talk about Dylan Brooks. He is very heavy into the third point for me. Um, but uh, Demon, uh, Demon, from the perspective of, you know, what 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 Brian said, trap game, right? Like sometimes. Oh, totally. Trap game totally now. I'm not saying Kerr could have stopped them from coming out like they did. Even Steph Curry in the post game was like, you know, the offense came out bad, I came out mm-hmm. bad. It mm-hmm. was, it, but to, to Brian's point, the Grizzlies defense also they played like there's no tomorrow, and that was a big part of what the Warriors did. But what is you know, did, does Kerr not being there have any effect, a little bit of effect from your perspective? I think Steve Kerr not being there for one particular game doesn't mean a whole lot in the sense that this team has like real championship pedigree and, and cats who have been there before. Um, I think this was a game where the Warriors exhaled. It's just a game where you knew John Morant wasn't playing. Uh, Memphis is on the ropes. They just got smoked by 30 a lesser team than Memphis comes out and they lay down and this game is over at the end of the second quarter. But, um, you know, let's be real. Memphis is a younger, hungrier team. And even though they don't have the offensive firepower, they can still make the Warriors uncomfortable. And I think that's just going to be the nature of these playoffs. As far as the Warriors are going to be able to go is can they survive nights like this? Uh, Because the shots are not always going to go. It's the classic basketball adage of a jump shooting team. The shots are not going to go every night. Can you still grit it out? Can you get a foul call here? Can you get a stop, a steal? And um, the Warriors did that. I'm not going to say I knew it, but it had all the markings of young, hungry team fights all the way down and then doesn't, they don't understand how to close because, like, yeah. how could they, right? So I, I would talk about without more their than closer. That. Yeah, it, exactly. But I will say this, and I don't want to hijack any of the narratives tonight, but I will say this it begs questioning that 
the Grizzlies play pretty well without John Morant. <laughs> they they in the regular season they did it, and I I didn't understand how that happened. I don't I don't have league pass or anything. I saw tonight. It's like oh, when there's not just a singular guy at the top every time driving and kicking the ball, more people get involved. They were legit dangerous tonight. So Steve Kerr or no. Uh, the Warriors survived a trap game like a true Indiana Jones swashbuckling team <laughs> that they are. You know, that's a great point uh, about Ja. I look at it from a slightly different perspective. And that perspective is sometimes you just watch and you know that he's going to do something. And without having that now, I want to apologize to one Tyus Jones because on the last show, I was like, Jordan Poole's just going to attack the hell out of him. And it was the opposite. Like, Jordan mm. Poole didn't want to attack anybody. And we'll, we'll talk about that as well later in this. But I thought Tyus Jones played a really, really good basketball game. He did not – it did not seem like he decided, you know, oh, well, I, I got to – I have some shoes to fill because I have to play better – since Jaws not here, I don't. I, I felt like he was like, okay, I need to run this game uh, because if, if I don't run run this team uh, like I know, you know, to the best of our abilities, we we don't really have a chance. He was eight of eighteen shooting, three of seven from three. He played a game high forty one minutes. The uh, high on the Warriors was uh, Andrew Wiggins had played thirty nine minutes, uh, five uh, five assists, six rebounds. He, he was a minus 19, uh, or I'm sorry, minus nine. He had 19 points. And some of that was, was you know, just the Warriors kind of pulling away late. But um, sort of to what you said, they, they knew that they had to play a specific way because the other way that they usually play and are also very successful with was not available. And, and that, that's, that's a, that was an interesting thing because they showed character by being able to do that. And I, but it just drove me nuts because... It's like, you know, if you're the Warriors, like, okay, we're, we're up 2-1. We know we got to go back. We know they got two more there. So let's just get this game out of the way. Let's run, let's play our best. Bat. And it was, it was, it was the opposite of that. Uh, okay. I had, I, I, this is, this is my second point here. I'm going to show you guys. Do you know what 45 seconds, do you know what I mean when I say 45 seconds? I don't. Mm-mm. Steph Curry makes the second of two free throws, and the Warriors take their first lead in the game with 45 <laughs> seconds left in the game. Yes. How ridiculous is that? You know, and it was um, it was one of those games where, and we're we're Warriors fans from way back, so we we know the rhythm of this team. We sort of know when the game is there for the taking. And uh, the Warriors would get up, you know, get down two, and then it'd go back up to five, and then they get down one, then it go back up to three. And I was watching, and I was like, okay, they just need one stop. If they get one stop, they're, you know, they're going to smell blood. Steph is going to smell blood, and and they're they're just going to go at it. And so, our friend Dylan Brooks, and it's not the right time <laughs> to talk about him yet. Jim Jackson called it a hero ball three pointer. He was short. They get the rebound. Steph goes all the way to the hole, gets fouled, two free throws, and the Warriors take their first lead 
of the game. And it it's just crazy how they were hanging in there because, you know, and part of it was there was nobody to to hit that home run on the Minnesota side. Like, did you guys um, see Dylan Brooks' shooting stats? Yeah. It, and he you, was, could, you could tell, too. He was three of... Wait, where is it? Was it 19? Five of, five of 19 shooting. Two of nine from three. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, may, maybe some of this was... And take away the last two. Take away the, the layup that they just gave yeah, him and the, the, and the magical one at the end. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. But, I mean, just think about the psychology uh, of sports. He is partially to blame for them losing game three because he was not there. I, I'm sure in his mind, right? So how do you overcorrect? He he's he's had uh he didn't do any media, so that tells you, you know, okay, he he doesn't want to get out in front of this. He's he it was it was kind of a, a big big thing. I don't really blame him because it, the the playoffs are nuts. And so how does he come in? He goes, "Okay, maybe I have to play beyond what I can play." And that is such a a trap for for people, right? It's like, "No, you need to play you know, as good as you, as you should play and sort of within your means, but without Ja, you know, he was like, okay, like who else is going to take this shot? You know, we talked about Desmond Bain too. And I told Brian in the text, I was like, mm, this is going to be a good Desmond Bain game because how can it not be? Because they don't have Ja. It was not three of eight shooting eight points. He did. He, did, he, he looked he, like he was limping a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the back thing still bothering him. Uh, Desmond Bain, Stephen Adams, the only players on the Grizzly, Grizzlies in the plus, though. Stephen Adams, a plus 13. What the heck? <laughs> so I I just, uh, I don't know. It, the way that the Warriors kind of got back, like Demon said, you can sort of feel when that, that happens sometimes. But 45 seconds, Bri, when, when, Steph, uh, when Steph started to get hot, were you feeling... Like okay, the Warriors are going to win this game. I am, I was almost feeling like man, they don't really really don't deserve to win this game. They they could steal it, but like, how were you feeling? Did you think that they were coming back here? Um, I think it was the free throws that put them up, not took the lead, but put them up like another two or three. And I was like, okay, I think they'll win this game. But like other than that, yeah, I had no faith in them. They, what what did they show me? You know to. To, to mimic to make me think they'd win that game, absolutely nothing besides Steph going having a little bit of offensive uh, game at in the fourth quarter. But other than that, no, I, I genuinely did not think they were going to win that game until they went up by like three or four just by Steph free throws. Demon, what about you? Yeah, it was it was tight, and so I, I felt like it could have gone either way, right? Like Memphis in a uh, games one and two just hit some ridiculous three pointers. And I was kind of bracing for that. Like some guy like freaking, you know, uh, Jaron Jackson, who in the previous series couldn't hit the broadside of a barn <laughs> is going to go six for six. I thought something like that might happen, but I think just like with the classic championship teams, I often think of these warriors as the, the middle-aged spurs, you know, when the spurs were middle-aged and you're like every year, like, ah, they don't really have it, but they do three or four sneaky things down the stretch Mm -hmm. to steal a game that they shouldn't win. And when you're in the playoffs and that every win is so precious, um, those skills are kind of invaluable. So Steph didn't have it. Like even in, in his final box score, he like, he didn't have it, but he was able to manufacture it. And what I love about that is um, it's a very talented team. 
but he still knows when it's Steph time. You know what I mean? Like when it's really Steph time, when he's really got to do some things to put his team over the top, um, he does that. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate to to be living through that. Um, but I also wouldn't have been terribly surprised if if they dropped this one because the, the shooting was just horrific. Who Who's going to hit that big shot for Memphis? Because when it came down to it, the guy who pulled up was Jaron Jackson. And this this man is seven feet tall, and he got his shot blocked by Draymond. So Draymond sniffed it out. Draymond totally. was in the air before Jaron Jackson probably even knew he was shooting, which which was kind of just Draymond's <laughs> tremendous, you know, just defensive instinct. But Desmond Bain, I would have I would have been comfortable with him shooting that shot. I think um, even like I said, Tyus Jones played excellent. I I, I would have been comfortable with him at least having the ball to make that decision. Zaire Williams. I feel like every time he shoots, the ball's going in, and he only played 18 minutes tonight. So I don't know exactly Weird. what was going on with that because you would think, you know, if you need some buckets, you probably keep him on the floor. Um, and then, you know, we were I, – I was really worried about Brandon Clark this series because of all the things that he did in the previous series. He only played 11 minutes tonight, so they went away from him quickly. And maybe playing Steven Adams – Eight into to Brandon Clark's uh, playing time, and, and I know, you know, I know playing Stephen Adams was a little bit of a wrinkle. They even played Adams and Jackson together for like a couple minutes there. Brandon Clark is not having his best set se- best series partially because Wiggins is able to outquick him to some of these balls, and also like he's going up against the best version of himself, which is Draymond. So tough, but I still I feel like I still would ride with him rather than trying to do this this stuff with Steven Adams. But I mean they they slowed the game down and that, that was what they wanted to do was slow the game down for sure. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. You, you have something to say about some Steven Adams, I could see. Uh, you're a Steven Adams <laughs> hater, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's not anything good like crazy but i didn't think he i didn't think he was like bad it like he got the switches on um he got the switches on steph steven adams on steph and steph still didn't really do anything with it like sure he would kind of get by him but and it's not like a credit to steven adams like you know crazy great perimeter defense i think it was it was steph off night but you know steven adams didn't have a bad game um no xavier tillman tonight zero minutes and then with brandon clark i think it's still like matching looney with his minutes and looney is just like he got that like i don't even know if it was a block or if like brandon clark just kind of missed it it looked like a block but that was a big play going down the stretch so uh andrew baker who uh who we know he he this point it was gonna be gonna be my next point which is uh, Otto porter uh when nobody can make a shot Otto porter was making a shot and uh brian shares a, a shared a photo uh in our in our chat and i just i added one word to it because we were trying to come up with a nickname i think last week last show i said Otto matic and what did you call him today brian <laughs> i just tried to get alliteration going i just said auto onslaught but okay. i feel like automatics like it's like classic when you have an auto <laughs> um uh, we or we could just call him hero because uh, that that's tonight, what he was tonight tonight he was what was, was that stat hero. that they had up there it was like auto porter jr four from six from three the rest of the team like three for 26 <laughs> like what crazy. the heck crazy and he had been mad cold, you know? It's, yeah. it's just a testament to the playoffs and, like, veteran play, right? So he he ate all of Kaminga's minutes. And and I believe in game two, there were a lot of folks like, oh, you know, you should give Kaminga more burn. Otto can't do anything. But I feel like um, it's veterans like him. That's why you go out and get those guys. Because down the stretch, Memphis doesn't really have guys like that that can come in and give you an 18 points in a playoff game. And, and hit the open threes, which he's going to get. Um, and it's not always going to go this way. So I think we're going to be, we're it's going to be love and hate with Otto. Just kind of same way with Bielitsa. If he hits three threes in a row, you love him. Uh, and then when you he know, air, air balls, finger rolls, then you hate him. They, then you hate him, right? So <laughs> it, it, it'll be interesting. But I, I, I love Otto Porter in the sense that um, he's playing the freaking five against these mammoth players uh and coming in and coming up big because because without his contribution this is a like a 10 point loss uh so andrew made another comment because when you mentioned who does memphis have i immediately think kyle anderson and yes watching kyle anderson play basketball hurts my eyeballs too uh but he he played pretty well the the Mm -hmm. lack of athleticism hurts him especially when he's He's got to go up for rebounds against some of the guards like Clay, and even though he's he's a couple inches taller than Clay and Wiggins, they can just kind of beat him to basketballs. Um, if he makes his stupid free throws, I think they win the game. Like he mm. would, like mm. he just missed a crazy amount of free throws. Um, and then, you know, just but that bench play that that guy and and it's so weird because for the second game in a row. And and we'll Brian we'll 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 have a a short very short Kaminga watch here in in, in a few minutes, Understood. but the, for for the second game in a row they start Kaminga, and then Otto Porter starts the second half, so they feel like they need you know that stability or whatever he brings, and they weren't going to get that from Kaminga. I imagine if Kaminga was uh, if they were winning in the second half, then they probably do put Kaminga back in. All right, so here's my third point. Um, 
Jordan Poole played poorly, but he didn't play Dylan Brooks poorly. <laughs> right? Because like if you think about from the perspective of uh, who are the guys who who the Warriors need to cook, Jordan Poole is is their second best offensive player. Now, there there's an interesting parallel here with uh, with Clay Thompson because I just did my San Francisco Giants podcast earlier today. And we were talking about Tim Lincecum and Tim Lincecum was for three years. He was the greatest thing on, on, on the baseball field. And then he started to fall off and the fans so desperately wanted him to continue to succeed. Now, Clay Thompson's his, his resume is much longer than Lincecum's this injury has, has caused, you know, him to come back and, you know, I don't know if it's an athleticism thing. He seems to be forcing shots uh, in 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 certain windows that maybe he doesn't think he's he's going to get. But if Clay Thompson is going to continue to hunt for shots, and to the effect of six for twenty and zero for seven from three, uh, fourteen points. I mean, he did rebound. I, I saw him battling for, for some rebounds. He had six rebounds. But if Clay is not going to make shots. It is, it is a, a mandatory that Jordan Poole has to start cooking, and he didn't even attempt when when Steph went to the bench uh, in those moments where it's like, oh, okay, Jordan Poole's like, I got this, you know, uh, on uh, Warriors plus minus at, at the end of the game last uh, last uh, last game they were talking about how Jordan Poole's uh, minutes are so important when Steph and Draymond are off the court because they're actually winning those minutes. And I don't know what that was today, but he was not aggressive. He did not want to shoot. He was doing the same thing that that Steph and Clay were doing, which is pump fake and pump fake mm-hmm. because you know these guys are flying at you. And I get it; like these guys are long, and they're stopping that shot. But there were I thought there were opportunities for him to pull up and shoot. Like there were opportunities when he was the one out in front with the basketball, and he's never shy about pulling it back and he pulled it back every single time tonight. I was just like, so surprised the defensive end. You could tell he was frustrated. They were picking on him is not the kind of game that he likes to play, which is this physical inside game. And unfortunately for him, because of how some of those mismatches were, he's kind of in the post having to guard Kyle Anderson. And you just could just tell like this dude is not having it. He's just like, uh, what am I supposed to do here? And I get it. I get all those things very young, but they, they, they need him the next game. He cannot play to this level because the Warriors had every card that turned up was for them. And Dylan Brooks playing as poorly as he did was for them. If Jordan Poole has a B minus game, I don't think this game is close. But he had, you know, a, a poor game for for him, and and that allowed, I thought, Memphis to continue to slow the game down, to continue to play this like style that that he didn't enjoy. But um, I know, happy to get out of here with a win. But I I do want to talk a little bit about some of, some of the stuff that that I thought they did not play very well. Bry, am I am I picking on Jordan Poole? You you said instead of it being, um, oh, you're ruining my intro. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, you know, I texted you and I said we usually show the graphic of pool party 
Yep, there it is. <laughs> I said that I said that you should uh you should photoshop it and put in the middle of pool and party, put pool pity party. Because he was the kid <laughs> he was the kid who struck out for the third time in Little League and put his head down and looked really sad walking to the dugout. Yeah, that, I'm talking about myself at the same time. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, not only was he like having a rough end offensively, like he gets he gets the one on one against his buddy, and I was like, oh god, like this is not going to be good going to the rim. Jaron Jackson Jr. is just really good rim protector. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. stuffs it. Not only was that going wrong for him, he was also getting put into a Kyle Anderson masterclass. Yeah. So I'm sure that that was just like the worst of both worlds there um but no that's you're not picking on jordan pool he deservingly should get picked on but i do think that i said it in the last podcast i thought yeah. i said uh, if john Morant doesn't play i think you should have started it with the fast five and i still think you should have mm. interesting um, point you know you said that you you always say that like pool is like this uh you bring him in he's like fat he's like immediate fast offense he's, right? he's like the microwave like they the mm-hmm. pistons had a player named vinnie johnson who was the six man they yep. would literally just put him in because he would speed up their offense and that's that's who pool is mm-hmm. and i mean like you said as well i think pool gets a little bit of a confidence boost when he's in that starting five i just think you should have done it mm. yeah mm. No, i didn't think kamingo really was point. an option we were saying it was either pool or auto and i thought either would be acceptable but you know as much of a kamingo fan as i am but i just i didn't see why they did it again demon do you uh do you feel like uh, so okay, I'll, let me set this up slightly okay. differently. Okay. Um, Jordan Poole plays with so much swagger when he when he's going right. The mm-hmm. confidence y- you can see he's having so much fun. He's making all these funny faces, like he's just having a blast. But the flip side of when he's not playing well, it's like the opposite. And so the team, I think the team really feels it when he's going because mm. they start feeling that way. Like, you know, Steph's got a quiet, very quiet swagger, but he's, you know, he's got a crazy confidence. Draymond is very vocal, but if you can get this from pool and it just makes those guys get it, get so pumped up, so fired up, you see Andre on the bench, but on the, but the flip is that when he doesn't do that, I sort of felt like it brought them down a little mm. bit. I think he has to understand that his energy both positively and negatively can can affect how they go because they rely on him so much. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I feel like that's part of his education, right? That this is his first playoff run. And, you know, much was made of his eagerness to get in the playoff and see what it's like. And I think, I imagine there's something about regulating your emotions and your energy from game to game. And, as we saw with Steph tonight, he is a consummate pro. He's been through the fire. When his shot is not going, he figures out a way to kind of still be productive and in the game. When Jordan's shot is not going, um, he's a little bit, he gets a little bit tentative. He gets yeah. a little bit, um, you can tell he's kind of in his head about what he should do. Uh, I agree that he seemed to pass up shots that he was uh, taking especially in the in the Denver series that he was just taking no brainer. So I I think we have been blessed that his progression has come so far so fast, but it's the NBA, even the legends that we think of had to get thumped. Yep. 3 and 4 playoff series in a row before they kind of got their medal together. So um I think he will bounce back. I think um I think the team will bounce back. I think 
when the shots are going in, it begets more shots going in. When Clay's first two hit, when he hits his first two or three, he's going. Uh, when he misses a couple in a row, he presses. And I think more than anything, I think that's what drags them down is that these, when these shots that well, we typically make those don't fall, I think they press a little bit. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great point. Uh, they rely on the non-Steph guys to kind of keep the blood pumping because they know if it's all about Steph and Steph is going to play, like that guy was playing so hard in that fourth quarter. Um, he had a little bit of the kind of putting his head down too that where he where they they beat him back on defense because he was frustrated. But when you can get Clay hot, and then if Poole can get hot, it just takes so much pressure off of Steph. And you can tell that that's when Draymond's like, oh, now I have options. Now it's like I, I can move this basketball like uh, you know, in anywhere I want. Like it's like a joystick. He's he's like playing a video game. Uh, I wanted to throw one more comment out there that Andrew made. Um, just uh, Draymond was playing for, mm. you know, former teammate, uh, passed away today. And uh, that the, that that's, I'm sure he was, he had some emotions also on his mind with, uh, with, with what happened to, to Adrian Payne. Um, and then, yeah, so. Steph gets the call here. Push in the back. Steph goes flying. <laughs> you don't know how hard Bane pushes. <laughs> you haven't been pushed by Bane, Drew. <laughs> Bane's got some big arms, man. He's kind of buff. Uh, but yeah, so they, uh, you know, they 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 squeak. They they they're lucky to win this game. I think they know it. And and I hope, you know, going to Memphis, it's good. These these. Memphis, uh, they're going to go so hard in this game, and and I hope the Warriors are prepared for it because uh, jaw or no jaw, um, <laughs> Andrew says that he knows he knows how it feels because uh, he's been pushed by you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what friends are for. Uh, okay, so uh, last uh, last part, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the other games going on. Uh, but Bry, I think we're going to have to do it here. It's the Kaminga watch. <laughs> um, he he started again. We got him. We got him going. We got him in the game. I, I did he even sh- did he shoot? I, I I didn't I didn't even know what he did. He did not. He did not. Uh, it's uh. D- do you know? Um, gosh, I forget the guy's name, but. He was a former college basketball player at Ohio State. He played with Greg Monroe and uh, and Mike Conley, I think. And uh, he created a Twitter account called Club Trillion because his box score would read one and then all the zeros after because he only got in at the end of the games. And so he called it Club Trillion. And uh, he, you know, created like he he now he's a college basketball uh, guy. He has a, a a podcast. They were actually on the Ringer early on, and then they moved off. But Club Trillion, uh, that was Kaminga's stat line today. <laughs> he had five minutes and just a bunch of zeros. He may have had like a rebound or a foul or or whatever, but he had a rebound and an assist and a block. Yeah, there you go. 
But uh, you know, this this do you think this is hurting him? Do you think this is helping him? Uh he gets the kind of, you know, he he probably knows uh, an hour or two before the game that he's starting, so he's got to mentally prepare for that. He's kind of, you know, getting himself ready. Uh, and then he plays, and it doesn't go well, and then he gets yanked, and he didn't play again the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this – I don't know if this helps him, to be honest. Um, you know, interesting move to start him again after last – last game start went so bad, but you could say like, okay, well he was visibly upset in those early minutes when he was starting like banging on the floor. Like maybe he was, you know, this, this time he wouldn't let that happen again. And, uh, you know, pulled after five minutes, Damian Lee's getting 13 minutes. I feel like maybe he could have taken some of those, but I don't think, star- <laughs> I don't think starting him was the right call. I already said, I think pool should have started or auto. I don't think, I don't know why they started him again. Uh, there's not much to say about Kaminga because we probably already talked about him longer than he played. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned the Damian Lee piece of that and Andrew was right. It's, it's Mark Titus is the guy who I was thinking about. Titus and Tate is the podcast. They cover college basketball. Um, he, those Damian Lee minutes, I guess they feel like he will compete on defense. Mm-hmm. He's probably not going to screw up a play. Um, he's going to, uh, not be in the wrong area on a switch, you know, more than likely. So that some of that is just like, okay, he's not going to screw up, but he's also not going to shoot. He's not going to, uh, be aggressive. He's not going to put the ball on the floor because whenever he puts the ball on the floor, they, they steal it. They, they, they slap it away. So it's an, like, you know, this is where the GP injury really hurts because those are GP minutes and GP has that crazy tempo to his game where he does one thing and it just ignites, you know, them on the other side. I, I, it, yeah, I'm, I'm looking ahead and that's probably a bad thing, but you know, if they do wrap this series up and they do play, whether it's a Phoenix or a Dallas I think the rotation has to shorten because I don't think Damian Lee does anything that would benefit the Warriors outside of, you know, they just need somebody who's not going to screw up because Kaminga, at least the other team has to pay attention to him. And they know that. I mean, yes, go, 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 go here for ARP. Um, Damian Lee is is a vet who who was not gonna screw up, mm-hmm. and I think especially when you're trying to set your defense, um, Kaminga was confused. Yeah, you know Draymond, what I mean. Draymond he, always has to tell him where to go. Yeah, so he's he's <laughs> playing. Kaminga's up against a top flight defense in a really tough series. He's literally 19. My son is 19. I I would I would have not started him tonight. You know what I mean? Like this is it, it's a lot to expect from him. And when you see a player like a Dam, Damian Lee. There's a long tradition of cats where you're like, why, why does Richard Jefferson get 12 minutes? Um, because they, they know what they're supposed to do on the floor, and there's, there's a value to that. I think Kaminga has a tremendous upside. I, I see him doing big things for the Warriors in the future. There are going to be points in this playoff run where he seems completely useless because teams are smarter than that in the playoffs. It's not the regular season where, you know, he's catching people by surprise. They know what he can do. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to do the alley-oop and nope, 
know. They know where you're going, bro. So he's he's got to develop more, I think, to be depended on in the playoffs. And so I'm I'm also it's a head scratcher for me why he got the start. I don't mind Damian Lee's minutes so much, although he's got to take an open three. Yeah. In the classic tradition of the role player, you got to hustle your ass off and then take that open three. Like you can't pass that up. You can't be in the Curry family <laughs> and just be afraid to shoot the ball. Like none of those dudes are afraid to, sh- I feel like, I feel like uh, his wife <laughs> will, will, will put up that three, uh, you know? Uh, so that's a little frustrating, but you know, some of this also, and, and this is what, you know, we've, we've watched this team uh, just go year after year, after year, after year, after year, playoff, playoff, playoffs. This is his first playoffs as well. Mm. So that's something mm. that, you know, we probably tend to overlook. At least I do. But I, it's, it's only because I'm like, I, I know I've seen it. And y- when you see five uh, playoff, five finals trips in a row, and you go, okay, this worked. This didn't work. H- having Festus Azili out there so LeBron <laughs> can target him. That doesn't work. So let's not yeah. do that again, right? Right. And and so th- this was one of those moments where it's like it's all, I I almost I, I'm going to guess that it's just a because Kaminga, you know, they, they probably feel like it's a little bit too big for him. And B, without GP, it kind mm-hmm. of falls onto you know D Lee. I, that's this is where the Moody thing. I, I wish Moody was just a little bit more wise, uh, or or you know who wh- who knows maybe. If they move on to the to the next round, maybe that's Andre's spot. And oh, Andre's yeah. not shooting. Mm. Andre's not shooting either. But at least you're comfortable with him on the court. Yeah, I mean, how quick are we to call Damian Lee a vet, though? Because like, how long is he? Is this like his fourth year, third year playing? Year. Do we call JTA a vet? I don't. I don't know if I would. This is JTA's third year, I believe. But uh, I understand not compared a vet to the dunk contest, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, compared to Kaminga, yeah, I would say that Damian Lee is not. Um, I got my JTA shirt on though. Hey, that's the guy who got zero <laughs> zero burn tonight. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Damian Lee is. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you guys. He just needs like that's what he was known as, right? When with the year where Steph and Clay were down, and it was the D'Lo and Draymond mm-hmm. and like D Lee, right? Like yeah. Eric Pascal, D Lee was putting up a couple twenties, like probably twenty fives. You know, he was he was a scorer. So, and I and I know that can't be completely replicated when you're like the thirteenth man. But I, I'm I am a little confused as to why he's being hesitant on a shot, which is probably because he doesn't want to mess up. He doesn't want to get pulled from this rotation. Right. But you're gonna stay in this rotation if you shoot it and you make it. So yeah, yep. If he if he can make a shot, I would pull back on on a lot of that. It, it is it is really about him opening up the floor a little bit and shooting it with a little bit of confidence. Um, all right, so. Uh, we'll head back to Memphis, and we come back on Wednesday, right? It's a quick turnaround. So, uh, Ja, we'll see what happens with with him. He looked to be in pretty good spirits on the bench. Uh, you know, never want to see a guy, no, you know, hurt in any way. Plus, he's got such a crazy future for this this league. He, he's going to be a star. He, he kind of already is a star. Uh, okay, let, let's uh, let's turn towards a couple of the the other series is going on real quick. Uh, Boston came back, tied it up with Milwaukee. Uh, the I, I didn't get to see any of this game, but that's a series that we all thought was going to go back and forth, right? They were just going to be 
you know, you win one, we'll win one. You win two, we'll win one, we'll win another. Like, do you guys have any sense of where you think that series is going, Bry? Are we talking Boston and Milwaukee? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm flip flop every single game. You know, I said I think I said Bucks and seven to start. Then I went Celtic, but then I was like, if I hadn't, uh, I think I gave my prediction already a game in because we were late recording our show. And I, so I said I would have gone Celtics, but now I'm going. But it's just so weird. It's because I think Middleton being out is a lot um, more of an impact. Obviously, everyone thinks it's an impact because he's your second guy. But yeah. when the Bucks won game one, you're like, wait, maybe he's not that like uh, they could easily do it without him. And it's obviously no, he, they, it's the playoffs. You have time to adjust and realize that how to how to stop some of the stuff that was working in the game before. Um, you know, Giannis looked gassed today. Tatum coming off of a really bad game. And then I don't know his box score, but he looked like he was having a, uh, it was a little rough for him until around the third or fourth quarter. And then he kind of went on a little, uh, run there. Um, 30, 30 and 13. Mm. Giannis was yeah, 34 and 18. Jeez. But there was a play where I think Marcus smart, like kind of fell back on Giannis and they were both just laying on the floor and there was like, <laughs> but like Giannis did not come up like, because he was just taking rest. And then he just went straight to the bench. Cause he was just exhausted. How many, you have the, if you have the box score right in front of you, how many minutes did Giannis play? Uh, let's see here. Giannis played. It was like 45. He played 41. Okay. Him and Tyus Jones, man. <laughs> Drew Holiday also played 40. And then on the Boston side, Tatum and Mark Smart and Al Horford. Al Horford. Al Horford is oh actually God. the story, man. Jeez. 30 points, plus Crazy. 20, Crazy. eight rebounds, Timeless. five of seven from three. Wow. How old is Al Horford? How about the 35. Say, that's that veteran ball right there. Veteran. Take note, uh, Damien. Take <laughs> no playoff, Lee. playoff uh performances if the celtics don't win that series i i think they have to be really disappointed um the bucks offense is really one-dimensional when you really yeah. break it down celtics have a great defense i, I they're to me the most f- feared team coming out of the east i just think they have so much uh potential and so if, if somehow they don't find a way to win the series they're, they're going to be kicking themselves because uh i think i think the bucks are there to be taken uh Giannis is amazing but how how much can he do right is he is he going to average 40 and 15 i think that's what it would take in a in a seven game series are the, celtics the, mo- are the celtics to you the most feared team coming out or is or what about uh the bucks plus middleton or are you still saying celtics <laughs> Uh, well, that's true. If Middleton were to come back and play how he was playing, maybe. But um, I think the Celtics have a, a higher ceiling to me just because of these young stars. Like when Tatum is is on, he's as good as any All Star. I know he he doesn't do it as consistently as some of the names we know, but uh, they are very frightening to me in that sense um kind of looking forward but um it's been a, a bludgeoning series it's gonna be interesting this is why i don't gamble <laughs> <laughs> how was al how was al horford 35 i remember his dad <laughs> tito horford yeah. came out of miami some, i don't remember i think miami maybe but yeah it's crazy uh okay so uh luca was able to tie it up chris paul 23 minutes, six fouls. And that's after the game on his birthday where he played pretty terribly. And then the first two games, he was brilliant. I, I, you know, there's been a lot 
made about his age and his diet and the way that he plays. <laughs> um, I kind of, I just wonder though, it, it, against these, you know, against these good teams, is it, is it going to be like this? Is it going to be a good game, then a bad game, then a good game, then a bad game as the series goes, right? Cause this is Chris Paul at his age, 37 playing the full season. Now we're getting into the playoffs and, you know, we, we saw Chris Paul in, in that Houston series. He got hurt and, and, and uh, you know, he couldn't finish it out. And maybe if he maybe if he doesn't get hurt, maybe the Warriors don't win that that third title, you know, in, in, in the five years. But uh, do you guys have any sense? Uh, I, I sort of just feel like it's going to be the home team wins. Um, that's I mean, that's what's happened so far. So you kind of fall into that that thought that, Oh, you know, it's just going to be home team wins. And obviously Phoenix has the, uh, the, the home court advantage there. And they, you know, the, the old adage is that the series doesn't start until the home team loses one game. I don't know. I still feel like Phoenix is just too talented to lose this series, especially based on the experience that they have from last year. This is like, you know, the way that Dallas runs their offense is so you know Luca's just the highest usage rate. I want. I wonder if that it's it's like a James Harden usage rate with, <laughs> with the way that that they play. Uh, I don't know. I just see. I think Phoenix is too talented to lose this series. But do you think Dallas could win? Pull it out, Bry. I picked. Uh, I think I I subtly picked Dallas to win this before the series started, just because of Ooh. how. Um, how do you they subtly? Were how do you subtly? <laughs> because it was such an unpopular pick. Like I, I think I might have ended up taking the Suns, but I know I was saying like I wouldn't count out the Mavericks. Like I really think the Mavericks could do it. And then I, you know, every writer and anyone with the credential was making me feel like I was an idiot <laughs> for picking this team because the Suns are the Suns, right? But now it's a tied series, and I just like that the Suns look beatable. You know, I thought that we we were coming into these playoffs and this are just going to be on of sweep, sweep, sweep until they got to the Western Conference Finals, and it's it's not like that. So it's nice seeing all the all the series are pretty competitive. That you know oh, they're yeah. doing an interesting thing where, you know, Aiton's still playing thirty two minutes, but like they played Dwight Powell as their center, but he only played ten minutes the last game. It's so Maxi, yeah, so they just went spread them out and and so that kind of nullifies Aiton a little bit but you know they, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't just pull him out of the game they did play him his his normal minutes but he was a minus 15 in that game um wow. cp in his 23 minutes he was only a minus three so you know he didn't he didn't play poorly but he couldn't stay on the court uh what do you think demon yeah i i'm 45 and like sometimes i wake up <laughs> and after sleeping wrong and I'm I'm hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think what Chris Paul does and has done is amazing. I was watching the, the 15 for 15 game and just oh, marveling, great. marveling at what um, a polished NBA pro can do when he's in his bag. Yeah. But I think what happens with age is this, it's just hard to summon that on a regular basis. And my knock on the Suns, even when they're playing really well, is they – their offense revolves around a 37 year old point guard. Um, and I just think in a play in a long playoff run, that's going to come back to bite you. Um, I, I, I like to see Chris Paul be successful, not at the Warriors expense, but every year he breaks down. Let's just yeah. be real. Like every year, even going back to the Clippers days, 
um, you get deep in the season and he would break down. And so um, it's unfortunate. I don't like to see anybody be hurt or, or kind of, you know, come up lame every year. But um, I think that's going to be Phoenix's downfall. I'm not sure if it'll come in this series. Um, Luca is an amazing player. And I think Dallas, as far as he can take them, you know, they'll go. But I don't know if that's four games against the against the Phoenix Suns. But um, I, I am with Bri in that I hope it is long and drawn out and arduous. And <laughs> Phoenix is very tired at the end of it. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, you know, also... Booker had a, a a good shooting night, uh, and not a great shooting night, but a good shooting night. Um, and I think you know, in in these games where you know maybe Chris Paul isn't his his best, that's where Book has to take over, and he did somewhat, especially went to the line so often. Uh, but I, you kind of wonder, like you know, he's the one that had the pulled hamstring too, so that that, that that's a little bit, you know, that that's what I'd be worried about if I was a Suns fan. All right, last series for us to just quickly catch up on. 76ers also tied up. So the Warriors are the only series to, to have gone uh, to three to one. Every other series is tied at two. And, uh, you know, you have Embiid with the mask and James Harden turned back the clock. He had a James Harden-like <laughs> game. He did. Like uh, the shooting was there. The three-pointers were there. The free throws were there. Nine assists, seven rebounds. This was like James Harden, you know, the the James Harden that that we all had seen, you know, years over and over and over in the playoffs for the Warriors. To me, this series is rely is based on two things. Obviously, Embiid being on on the court, you know, he's not the what is he going to be the runner up for the MVP? Do we know? It's got to be. I mean, he you know he's had such a tremendous season. He's so valuable. Uh, as long as he's you know, as long as he can play and he can be out there, just his presence is uh, is so valuable. I think the series is about another guy who is not quite as old as Chris Paul, but Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, not a hundred percent, obviously. If this is not a regular, if this is not a playoff, he's probably not playing. But if he's going to play. 30 minutes a game. Uh he's got to be he's got to be uh, you know a good player. And he's got these young these young guards that that 76ers have and I think you know he needs to sort of be that that quarterback on this team and if he's not healthy I do think Philadelphia can come and steal this because there's there's some momentum with Joel Embiid you know, he's the the Willis Reed game of the series coming with the mask. And I, I don't know. Can you inspire James Harden? Is he inspirable? Like, does he care? But I, I just know that, you know, just Embiid's presence, he was a completely different player. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking Philadelphia can win this series now when I thought it was done when, when Embiid got hurt. Bri, what do you think? Um, it was nice to see Harden kind of, I wouldn't say he's rewritten a narrative at all, but you know, this, the narrative behind him is, you know, back against the wall, he doesn't really show up. Um, and I think he's back. I think that their backs against the wall uh, down to one in a series and he showed up. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are going wrong with the Miami heat though. And obviously Kyle Lowry is a, is one missing the first two games, just like Embiid. Um, and then now he's coming back playing big minutes, but obviously isn't hundred percent healthy. 
you know, uh, my buddy Obi, who's been on this podcast, is a Heat fan. And, you know, like uh, like Damone was saying, jump shoot, jump shooting teams, you know, they'll go cold. The Heat yeah. are like, we're like the best three-point shooting team this year. And they had a game. They literally had a playoff game where they, I think they only had 73 points. I'm trying to, yeah, 79 points to the, the Sixers, 99 for the Sixers to win game three. So, you know, I just... I think there's a lot of things that Duncan Robinson's DMP every single night. <laughs> and like, if you want someone who could shoot, I know he's going to maybe hurt you defensively, but if you need a couple points, I don't know why they're not even just testing it. You know, they're playing a lot of Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo was closing because it looks like Kyle Lowry, I guess is just too hurt, but Victor Oladipo doesn't help you from three. Harden was cooking him. I wouldn't say Victor Oladipo is like bad though. He's pretty, I, I think he's, you know, finding his game he's, a little he's, more. He's also coming off of so many injuries too. I know. I his know. athleticism is, is nowhere near what it was when he was the Oladipo that uh, that everyone fell in love with. Yeah. Jimmy Butler's been awesome though. Yeah. He had 40. <laughs> Jimmy too. Butler has been pretty dang good. So, this I mean, we'll see. Look at him. I, my thing on this series is whoever wins game five is going to win the series. If mm. the Sixers win game five, mm. it means that the Heat haven't made the necessary adjustments to either maybe they're not game planning against Harden because they think he's just going to not replicate that success or, you know, they're, they haven't figured out Embiid or their shooting's not there. And if the Sixers win, it's like, okay, we were the better team and let's keep it moving. I just think whoever wins game five, if, cause if the Sixers win game five, that is in Miami and then they get to go back to Philadelphia. And they go back I think they win the game. They would win game six. That's, that's my opinion on the series. Whoever wins game five is winning it. If James Harden is smart, he will bust his ass in this series because the Philly fans are so damn unforgiving. <laughs> um, it, but if he does, he will be a literal legend. I don't even think they have to win. If he, if he plays like um, three quarters of the James Harden that used to terrorize us, um, he will become a beloved uh, Philly legend. I don't know that if that's going to happen in this series. The fact that uh, Embiid, MF Embiid, is playing right now is <laughs> is amazing. Um, I think you can't you can't understate that. Um, all the time, hockey fans talk about how soft basketball is and blah 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 blah. If I break my orbital, guys, I wouldn't come on this podcast. I would not. <laughs> you would be I, able to. <laughs> I would be laying under the table. Yeah, you know what I mean? you so would. I think um, Philly's grit and and determination and the star power. If if Harden can do. You know, like if he cares, it's the kind of the the basketball Randy Moss. If if Harden cares, he's an amazing player. So we'll we'll see. It, it's kind of interesting to think that Philadelphia is the team that you're kind of rooting for because you want to see Embiid, you know, get there. And this is the team who was about the process, and we were like, get these guys out of here. They're like ruining the league, and now they're kind of the underdog that you want to root for. So it's a interesting pivot there. Um. So uh so the the games for the rest of of this week here. Uh so tomorrow night uh we have uh like Brian said in Miami 76ers in heat and then Mavericks back in Phoenix and then on Wednesday it's Boston and in Boston uh the Bucks and then the Warriors in Memphis. All right. We're going to get out of here but one prediction i want from you guys uh like we all pretty much believe the arena is going to be crazy if the memphis you know if memphis feel if their fan base feels like they have a shot to do something i think it's going to be raucous um it might be 
Twitter might be a dangerous place for uh, for a couple days, as it was. Uh, I'm I'm kind of trying to stay off, but how do the Warriors come out in Game Five? So it sounds like Kerr will at least miss this second game as well. Mike Brown, he's you know he he's not like he hasn't coached in the playoffs before, so I'm I'm sure he was pretty fired up for for that for that moment, but. Do the Warriors make any changes? Do we see a change in starting lineup? How, how, you know, how are they going to attack a team that we know just wants to slow them down, wants to muck up the game? That's to their advantage, especially if Jaws not playing. Do you, Damone, we'll start with you. Do you sense that the Warriors do anything different to try and have a start that is the opposite of what happened tonight? Look, Coach Kerr is lying down on the couch with his Kleenex by his side, texting Mike Brown right now about getting Kaminga out the starting lineup. Like that is that is something. If we're talking about predictions, I think they'll definitely move off of Kaminga, um, put Pool in the starting lineup, uh, as Bryce mentioned, um, and really, you know, they could put this team away. I think with two and a half quarters of really. Error-free, turnover-free basketball. Um, Don't be I telling think, Draymond that, man. Yeah, Draymond I mean, wants to throw that basketball around. It's it's high it's high high stakes passing. Yeah. I get yeah. it, I yeah. get it. But yeah. but Memphis is really hip to what a lot of the things the Warriors want to do. Um, in Game Three, they simplified things. You know what I mean? A lot of drives to the basket, and so if they come out with a, a more sensible starting lineup and a really an attack mode. Um, I think you can make this team panic. They're still young. The prop, you know, who knows if Job plays and if he plays, you know how how well will he play? Um, I do think it's it's Dubs are going to close this out, but um, it, it'll it'll probably be tough for for half the game at least. Bry, you called it on uh, Instagram, the Bam Pods, uh, the, or the Bam Pod on Instagram. You put your video out. You said the Warriors were going to win in five. That was before this game started. For all but 45 minutes of this game, I thought you would jinx them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still staying with that prediction? If the Warriors don't win the next game, what the hell are we doing out here, man? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm with Damone here. I think that's 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 the change you make in the starting lineup. You go pool. I mean, it does beg the question, like we had from the last pod going into this game, was, well, it kind of differs if John Morant's playing or not. It kind of does, but I think if he's playing, he's not at 100% or probably within 15% of 100%. So um, I think it might be kind of messed up, but I feel like if he plays... Target him, pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Maybe you throw in Kaminga then, and then go yank his knee. Go out. No, oh god! Oh, well, we got to end it. We got. <laughs> but I think from Memphis's side, I feel like you can point at a uh, a quick adjustment there, which is, "Hello, Mister Dylan Brooks. You will not be getting thirty nine minutes this game. More Zaire, I guess. But yeah, that's, that the, they need to. That's as much as we are faulting Dylan Brooks for that. Like, Taylor Jenkins, man, what the heck are you doing? You know, I I don't I don't know what their rotations were all season with him. Uh, I wish it was an easy way for me to look at their uh, season stats. Um, but you know, it's it, it, if if Bain is gutting it out, he's gutting out those thirty six minutes a game. Um, 
you know, Zaire, Kyle, Kyle Anderson, Zaire, Brandon Clark has been a, a zip. You know, who didn't play much was uh, DeAnthony Melton. It's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting decision. Mm-hmm. He only played nine minutes. So maybe, yeah, you know, m- maybe just by, you know, kind of putting Brooks in better situation. But you know what? This is the kind of game that he should excel in, right? It's a low-scoring game. He's the Steph stopper. He just likes to be physical with Steph. You kind of give him that identity that Steph, you know, okay, Steph's your guy. You just follow him everywhere, and and it, you know, he feels that that's him. He he's probably the type of player also that you take some of that away from him, and he's he's not as dialed in. Uh, I mean, who who would be? That's your identity. Not to say that that that's a, a character fault or anything. I just think you know people get inspired in, in different ways. Uh, I, I all all I would say I, I don't know if you don't give him those minutes i would just say dude whip the ball around you know like you don't have to be jaw like we we it's a collective <laughs> thing as far as us is going to be able to 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 win this game is is a collective scoring i i i'm i have one prediction um and that is that um i think we're going to see a little bit of a Grizzlies meltdown. And uh, I think the calls will probably be pretty tight because I think the referees are going to know that, you know, the f- crowd's going to be raucous. The The way for Memphis to stay in this series is to be physical. I think they're going to call the game to make sure that it's not, it doesn't get out of hand, you know? Um, and I think that could be to their detriment. I think we could see a Jaron Jackson fouling out kind of game because again, young guy, he's playing. This is the biggest, uh, you know, biggest scene he's ever played in, and what a what a talented dude he is. Um, but I, I I do think the Warriors sort of experience in this moment, Draymond kind of trolling probably some of the uh, some of the Grizzlies, you know, kind of needling them a little bit. I think they're going to close it out, but I think we're going to see a little bit of a meltdown there. And also Taylor Jenkins, you know, 37 year old coach comes from that Spurs system. So he's, I don't know the the line that he said, you know, the bringing up the, the Jordan pool thing. I, I don't, I don't think that was to their benefit. I think it gave them mm-hmm. an excuse. And I, I don't know if I want to give my team an excuse to, to lose a game. So that that's an interesting thing too. So, uh, but I, I, I think Warriors are going to close it out. Experience and uh, I think some of the Grizzlies are are, are probably going to be a little frustrated leaving that court. So, I, I don't want to see it come back to Oracle, but Joe Lacob probably does because they, they get another payday, <laughs> they get another full arena. Uh, just uh, la- last thing, uh, you you you've been to Oracle before. You both have been to Oracle before. Mm-hmm. Chase Center crowd sucks. <laughs> Trash. Good for the first like minute or two when I was like, okay, Dylan Brooks is gonna get this ball. They better like completely go crazy and boo him, right? And it was a little slow, but then it yeah. got pretty loud. But you know, I understand that this Warriors game until maybe the fourth quarter didn't give you much to cheer for. But when your teams, you know, at the lows, you got to cheer for them as much as you do when they're at the highs. That's where I will stand by. So. Yeah, Man, Chase. Chase is a bank lobby. lobby. Let's just be real. <laughs> Chase Center is a bank lobby. Um, that's the whole look and feel. And so um, I'm not sure if uh, you're ever going to get that same culture. You won't. That was a unique experience. Um, I think Chase does a great. The Chase Center fans do a great job of like 
cosplaying like hardcore warrior fans <laughs> like they know the warriors chant right but they yeah. say it at the wrong time but you know what i mean they knew they were supposed to boo dylan brooks but they kind of forgot by the third quarter it was a little slow yeah. yeah 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 it was very interesting but um uh you know that's 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 what you do you know they they gentrified the the stadium and so this is this is what you get <laughs> all right tell uh tell the people uh, you do a podcast as well yes. tell people where they can hear your podcast uh, you can hear the Dad Bod Rap Pod wherever you get your podcast content. We are a podcast that is talking about rap music, arguing about the greatest rap records of all time. We talk to rappers new and old every week. I've talked to people like Too Short, Corrupt, Dale the Funky Homo Sapien, uh, just to name a few. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Not unlike this podcast, kind of just tossing it around. We call it the Three Man Weave uh talking about rap music so uh it's dad bod rap pod uh wherever you get your your podcast content are you ready for kendrick yes we i spent my first three hours after work talking about kendrick (laughs) (laughs) uh so so it a lot of excitement going in uh going into this weekend um i am pumped and yeah and if you're pumped about stuff like that this is the podcast for you sweet all right, Bri, what do you guys, what's up with the BAM? Foot, nah, same old football, baseball, basketball. Did you guys just drop week. your basketball pod? We did. It was uh, it was a two-man, two-man weave, so really just give and go, you know. Uh, it was just me and Obi, the other guys, Max, f- college finals. Alex had, uh, I didn't watch games two and three syndrome, so he didn't <laughs> feel comfortable talking about the podcast. But then me and Obi were like, hey, I, at the, in the beginning, I was like, hey, Obi. Did you watch all 82 games for every single team? He's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, exactly. And we talked about that like we did. So, you know, that's, that's the second time I bagged on him for that. But Alex, <laughs> Alex, so, yeah, shade. Make sure to follow us at the BAM pod on Instagram. Yeah. And then they can watch your uh, your Warriors in five video. Did you get have you gotten any hate on that one? yet? No, I just wanted people to get mad. I thought that the hot takes and getting people pissed off was was going to get me views. And and I think it was just there, you know, with social media, there's specific times you got to post. it. Yeah. At. And I was just I was jumping the gun because the playoffs is so weird that usually the times you want to post it at are actually not the times anymore because there's a you're in the middle of a Mavs Suns game in the third quarter and people aren't watching on their phones or watching the game. So we just got to figure it out. All right. Thanks to folks who are listening. Thanks to Andrew as well for sending us some comments. Mark Nobita and uh, Robert Ramos. Thank you guys. So we'll be back on uh, Wednesday night and and we'll either have good news, closing out the series, or we'll be frustrated and having to come back on Friday. But uh, all right. So thanks to Demon from, for hanging out with us. Uh, Obviously for Bri, I am double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. 
BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash BlueWire. That's wefunder.com slash BlueWire. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.